Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, episode 56, recorded Friday, April 9th, 2021. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Hello again, everyone. And I want to thank you for listening to Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Sinterpino. So it's a Friday and a departure from my usual Sunday recordings. I moved up this episode because I'll be tied up on Sunday with a dive master class. In fact, I may be looking at moving my future recording sessions to either Fridays or Mondays as my schedule may better align. Sundays become very busy during the dive season. While I'm also very pleased to report that March 2021 was an outstanding month for Scuba Shack Radio. We had our best month ever for listeners. We had over 50% more downloads than our previous record, and now we stretch across 60 countries. I'm truly appreciative of everyone who continues to listen to the show. Hopefully, I can continue to evolve and continue to provide interesting and informative content without being too controversial or opinionated. As I say in the opening, this podcast is in support of our mission. Thank you all again. On today's show, we're going to go back for another installment of Sea Hunt, It's Still Alive, this time the Alcatraz story. But first up will be our news and information segment, Wet Notes. So, Let's get started with episode 56. This is Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for April 9th, 2021. First up today, I'd like to give you an update on the new Netflix documentary, Seaspiracy. You might recall that I introduced you to this film in a previous segment of Wet Notes. Well, it did premiere on Netflix as advertised, and I had a chance to watch Seaspiracy a couple of weeks ago. The film is 89 minutes long, and it can be captivating and controversial. Like I said, this is certainly raising a great deal of controversy, especially as it relates to sustainable seafood and fishing. There's a couple of organizations that they called out in Seaspiracy, Earth Island Institute and the Marine Stewardship Council. Actually, the Marine Stewardship Council issued a response on their website within days of the premiere. And every day I see something more coming out related to the controversy. But I encourage you to watch the film and then decide for yourself about what it is saying. Like I said, lots of controversy. That's Seaspiracy on Netflix. Now here's something that I found really interesting. I came across an article that talked about how scientists are using fin whales to map out what lies beneath the seafloor. Now according to two seismologists, Vaclav 
Kina from the Czech Academy in Prague and John Nabalek of Oregon State University in Corvallis, Oregon, the song of the fin whales are loud enough to penetrate the earth crust and reveal deep structures. I guess they have a network of 54 bottom seismometers that detect sound waves traveling through the ground, and they picked up the, the whales as they were passing by. Now, they have a 189-decibel song, and that song can last from two and a half to five hours. And as they did more analysis, they were able to map the underlying rock structures. According to these guys, this was just uh, as effective as those air cannons that are polluting the oceans with all that noise. How practical this is is yet to be seen, but you've got to admit it is interesting. Now, here's an update on the Luxford aluminum tank situation. You might recall that back at the end of February, I told you about Luxford's decision to exit the aluminum tank business and that they were looking to sell their plants in the U.S. and the U.K. Well, here's some good news. Metal Impact out of Elk Grove Village in Illinois is acquiring the Graham, North Carolina, Luxford Cylinder Plant. Metal Impact is no stranger to the scuba tank business. They've been around since 1959, and in 2014, they purchased Worthington aluminum cylinders. Metal Impact has been providing aluminum scuba tanks to excess scuba and sea pearls for a number of years. We've gotten quite a few from excess scuba over the past couple of years, and so we're pretty familiar with Metal Impacts. This is some good news for the U.S. aluminum uh, scuba tank supply chain. There is absolutely no doubt that the pandemic has had a dramatic impact on the scuba industry. But I guess it's not all bad news if you happen to be in the right place. And it seems that Hawaii is one of those right places, especially for new diver certifications. There's a recent article in Scuba Diving Magazine titled, More Hawaiians Are Getting Certified Than Before the Pandemic. Turns out that even though the travel has been restricted to and from the islands, more locals are turning to scuba. Aloha Scuba on Oahu had reported a 120% increase in new diver certifications in 2020. They went from 27 in 2019 to 83 in 2020, spurred by whole families going for their open water certification. With some great diving, it certainly makes sense to mask up and dive in our Aloha State. Last week, I was trying to see if the Ocean-Based Climate Solutions Act of 2020 was being introduced in this session of Congress. Well, no update on that yet, but I did come across something very interesting. There is a House Select Committee on the Climate Crisis. Now, this committee was created during the 116th Congress. That was the last one, so it hasn't been around long. But they did produce a Climate Action Plan of 2020, and that's called the Congressional Action Plan for a Clean Energy Economy and a Healthy, Resilient, and Just America. 
The committee is chaired by Representative Kathy Castor from Florida, and the ranking chair is Representative Garrett Graves from Louisiana. Now, I watched their um, organizing meeting from March 19th. Let's say there's just a little bit of difference uh, on the ideas of how to approach um, in the approaches in making the U.S. a net carbon zero by 2050. But as Representative Castor stated, it's time to turn recommendations into policy. Now I'll be tracking their actions and keep you updated here. And finally, you might recall last year the USS Bonhomme Richard, an 844-foot-long amphibious assault ship, burned out of control for five days. Now, that was in San Diego, California. But now, uh, Senator Marco Rubio from Florida is proposing that the ship be used to create an artificial reef down in Florida. A little bit of background. The Navy did some cost analysis um, on what it would take to restore the ship to operational status. And they estimated that that would be somewhere between 2.5 and 3.5 billion dollars. But the cost to decommission and scrap the Bonhomme Richard would be about 30 million dollars. Now Senator Rubio didn't provide any details on where uh, the ship might be sunk and become an artificial reef, but he did say that it could be done for less than the 30 million dollars to scrap the ship. If this were to happen, it would be huge. We'll keep an eye on it and see where it goes. Fingers crossed that we'll have uh, another artificial reef down in Florida, something that big to dive on. Well, that's it for this installment of Wet Notes for April 9th, 2021, here on Scuba Shack Radio. Time for another installment of Sea Hunt, It's Still Alive, here on Scuba Shack Radio. This time, we're going back to episode one of season two, and it was titled The Alcatraz Story. This episode premiered on January 4th, 1959. At the time, Alcatraz was still very much in an operation as a prison and it did not close until March of 1963. The Alcatraz story starts off with a scene of several convicts breaking rocks on the cliffs of Alcatraz, when all of a sudden, one of the convicts falls in. And then you see him swim down before surfacing when the guards fish him out. But wait, there's a mysterious fishing boat, the Olympia, watching what's happening. The convict is circling his arm as if he's signaling the fishing boat. The scene shifts to the boat, and the three guys say they need to find Mike Nelson. 
Well, now we're underwater with Mike Nelson, and he's testing flares for a company when all of a sudden an anchor comes crashing down dangerously close to him and a a skin diver comes diving down. Mike is really mad and he's ready to chew him out when he gets to the surface. But they get to the surface and, and all the guys start apologizing and they say they've came a long way to see Mike. And Mike asks them why, to bury him at sea? No, they introduced themselves as the Brand Brothers, Larry, Johnny, and Frank. They claim to be abalone divers and need to, to learn how to scuba dive so they can find the abalone. Mike advises them on the law, but they say, hey, they're law-abiding brothers, so he agrees to teach Larry and Johnny for, uh, how to scuba dive for $300, and they're going to start tomorrow morning at 8.30. But Mike tells him, if any of them goof off, it's over. So the next morning, they're out diving. Mike says they're easy to teach. He's going over the equipment, the safety procedures, and the buddy system underwater. Now they're in triples, doubles, and single tanks, a bit of everything. After their first lesson, which, by the way, lasted five hours underwater, and they were below 60 feet, Mike tells the brothers, no more diving, while he heads back to town in his Jeep to get the tanks filled, and he gives them a book on scuba diving to read. Larry tells Mike, okay, teach, we'll be good. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Mike returns to find the boat empty, and there's bubbles in the water. Larry and Johnny are diving again. Just then, Frank shows up, and Mike and Frank get into a fight before Mike knocks him down, gets into his gear, and enters the water to retrieve the two brothers before they kill themselves. Mike finds them underwater, and it looks like they're doing something like the Dive Master gear exchange. Now, they take off, and Mike goes in hot pursuit. For some reason, Johnny turns around, rips Mike's mask off. Mike has to find it, put it on, and clear it, just in time to find Larry running out of air. Mike grabs Larry, and Buddy breathes with him to the surface. Now Mike is really mad. School's over. Another five minutes, and all their problems would have been over. They'd be dead. His advice, don't play games with the ocean. The brothers tell Mike they were just practicing what was in the book Mike gave them. Mike doesn't really believe them, but they take off. And as the boat departs, Mike finds Frank's wallet on the pier. Apparently, he lost it during the fight with Mike. He's not Frank Brand, but Frank Bronson. The plot thickens. I wonder if Mike got his $300. The scene now shifts to Fisherman's Wharf, and Mike is getting the lowdown on the Bronson brothers. They haven't been abalone fishermen for years, and there's a fourth brother, Mark. Now, Mike's looking for their boat, but he spots it on a, off an abandoned pier in Oakland and decides that he needs to scuba dive out to see what's up. The boat is empty, but before Mike can get on board, the three Bronson brothers show up. His only option? Hide under the boat. When the engine starts, he grabs a dangling bow line and hitches a ride. They're up to no good. The pressure is tremendous as he hangs on in fears of the blades of the prop behind him. But the boat finally slows, then stops, and Larry and Johnny jump in on scuba 
and they have an extra set of gear. What's going on? Mike surfaces and sees they're right off Alcatraz. It's two against one. Nothing new for Mike Nelson. He follows them down to some rocks underwater where they deploy a surface buoy. Then we see a convict, 109886. That would be Mark Bronson. He dives into the water. Now Mike gets it as he sees the convict getting into a wetsuit and putting on the gear. Mike shoots a flare off to signal the guards on Alcatraz, hoping that it works. Mark is now fully rigged, mask, wetsuit, tank, regulator, weight belt, and knife. And they're hightailing it off against a strong tidal current. But Larry turns and he spots Mike. He's going to fight a rear guard action while Johnny and Mark swim on. It's a knife fight and it's a good one. Larry is tough, clever, and slippery. But Mike gets behind him, cuts his air hose, and brings him to the surface. And that's where we see Mike's knife jammed into Larry's first stage. The flare did its job, and there's a patrol boat from the island coming on the scene. That's one Bronson in the bag. On the boat, they follow the brothers' bubbles, and when they catch up, Mike dives back in, lights off a flare, and pokes it at the brothers. And another massive underwater fight breaks out. Mike pulls off Mark's mask, shuts his air off, and shoves him at Johnny. He then puts Johnny in a stranglehold and brings the two brothers to the surface. Mike has thwarted the escape attempt. Larry says on the boat, it was a pretty good scheme. Yeah, Mike doesn't think so. Wow, this first episode of the new year was jam-packed with some great underwater fight scenes. I guess they really wanted to get everyone excited about the show again. And you most definitely will recognize Johnny Bronson. That was Leonard Nimoy. Yes, Mr. Spock, he shows up again. So that's the Alcatraz story from 1959, the first episode of Season 2 of Sea Hunt. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back again soon with another installment of Sea Hunt, It's Still Alive, here on Scuba Shack Radio. Well, you got to love Sea Hunt and the knife stuck in the bad guy's first stage after Mike cut his air hose. That's classic. So this wraps up episode 56 of Scooby Shack Radio. Thanks again for listening to the show, and don't forget to tell your friends about us. That would be greatly appreciated. Until next time, I hope everyone stays healthy and safe as we emerge from the pandemic. Take care, my friends. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time. <laughs>